This is the Mother Time Madness podcast with Courts. I am Courts, and today's episode is raising multicultural children in Canberra. I said to him, you know, um, Nanny is Indigenous, Mummy mm. is Indigenous, and you're Indigenous, not to Australia, but to New Zealand. Yeah. And we experience the same issues as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders do. And he looked at me and he said, no, Mummy, I'm not Indigenous. Mm. Um, my skin's white. You and Augie are Indigenous. I'm chatting with Michelle Jasper on the podcast today and we do get to know our guests a little bit before we get into it. Michelle has the hot tip for what's the best park to get the kids to in Canberra. Boundless. Just close to the Kingston Foreshore yeah. is amazing. It's so good in the summer too with the water spouts. I know, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't be hitting it up right now with the water spouts, but And the, the musical summer? instruments, right? Oh, the, they're the best. Ding, ding, ding. You know. Yep little bit annoying if you just keep doing it, but that's fine. Just take a strong coffee. Uh, yes. Which so you true. can also get down there. You can. They've got the little cart, don't they, yeah. right on the water. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's the best. Okay, what's your kids obsessed with at the moment? So, they are both obsessed with dinosaurs, but in particular, Bass is obsessed with farts. Great. Love yes. that for you. Why farts? Does he know or is it just a... He just thinks they're funny. He just thinks they're funny. Have you done the underarm farts for him? Gee, he'd go no, wild for that. But he dragged his grandparents, so they've just recently left. They were here for a few months visiting us. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and he dragged them around to, I think, four different um, big W's to try and find some whoopee cushions. And then we spent an entire day of him going, hey, mummy, can you sit on that seat over there? I think it looks really comfortable. Oh, I knew you going, uh-huh. oh, you're oh, very funny. Yeah. You're a very funny kid. Um, does he does he read that uh, the fart book by is it Zoe Foster Blake? Oh yes, he oh does. we haven't gotten into that yet. Oh my God, Zoe is amazing. Not only is she a skincare goddess, oh, I know, she right? is a lyrical genius. And you uh, you love taking the kids to a friendly cafe, and you loved going there by yourself as well. So this is a real shout out. Yes. What is the cafe? A bite to eat in Chifley. I I love that place. They it's are. such a oh cool. Place inside, I feel right? cool going in. Yeah, yeah, I actually was a bit intimidated when I went in. I was like, I'm not cool enough for here. But they were chill. They are. They accepted me as yes. my uncool self. I'm a little sad because, so I used to live around the corner from there and that's yeah. where I met all my moms. But thankfully they still live in the area so yeah. we always have our catch-ups there. Michelle contacted me on Instagram to let me know she could give me a whole host of different topics to talk about on the podcast. And she was such an open book, I might have to have her on again to cover something else. Having Michelle in for the podcast was our first meeting, but we were already planning coffee dates as we were saying goodbye at the end of it. She's one of those women who instantly feels like an old friend. I love people like this. They make the world seem a little less scary and a little less judgmental. We all have a story, and Michelle's is one that includes a hell of a lot of prejudice based solely on the colour of her skin. Before we get into this talk, I do want to warn you that there is some racial language use that could be triggering. Michelle is in her 30s, she has two kids, and she's been in Canberra since 2017 when, like many people, she moved for her husband's APS job. She's a full-time working mum, and when she tried to explain to me what she does for the ANU, my little radio announcer brain just about exploded. Suffice to say, she is smart, busy, and riding the motherhood rollercoaster like an absolute champ. You can follow her at Michelle Jasper underscore on Instagram, where you can see her beautiful family. 
She began by telling me their heritage. So, well, I've got my winter coat on at the moment. Um, my mum would say that. Yeah. So my mum is a Māori woman um, from New Zealand and my dad is an Irishman from New Zealand. Right. So he's very fair. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, actually, I was very dark and right. I had quite um, almost coiled hair, I think is the yep. term they use now. Yeah. Um, Stunning. Yeah, so I didn't think so at the time, though. No, 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 no. You always want what you don't have. Yes. Yeah. Um, and back in those days, we didn't have those fancy GHDs, right? No. So my sister would iron my hair on the ironing board. <gasps> a classic. Remember those days? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it was always like, you were, you were kind of always on edge, like, oh, yeah. is she about she, to hit my scalp? Uh, she uh. got me a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. But no, it's insane to think how far we've come. Um Growing so, up, did you grow grow up in Australia? Yeah, so I grew up in rural WA. Right. Was built. it was that difficult to be yeah. the standout? I assume. Yeah. Apart from my, you know, Aboriginal friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was definitely someone that you could spot out in a crowd. When it came to future motherhood, did you consider what it was like to grow up? In a, a rural WA town and potentially have darker skinned kids your, yourself, did you then think, I can't be in a town like this? 100%. None of my siblings live in the town that we grew up in. Right. And Speaks um, volumes. Yes. Yeah. Like, I remember days where I would be walking to school and, you know, the school buses go past mm. you. Like, I lived quite close to school. And I remember um, I found this product for my hair and I put it through and I looked at myself and was like, oh, my God, I've, like, my curls have dropped. Yeah. They're super luscious. And I was really vibing myself that day. And I got to school and this white kid had said to me, like, I had a bit of a crush on him. And he said to me, oh, what have you done with your hair? Like, it looks like you've got dreadlocks. Oh. And I was like, oh. Um, oh no, you know, I'm just trying something new with this new product. And oh. I went home and I was devastated because obviously I was trying to, you know, drop the kind of afroness to my hair yeah. to fit in with everybody else. And um, yeah, it was pretty scarring. Like that that stuck with me for a while. And um, on top of that, like my parents, well, not my parents, my mum's side of the family, so the kind of the black side. Yeah. My nickname, half my relatives didn't even know my first proper name. Like my nickname was Golly, Gollywog. Oh. Like looking back on that now as a parent of a child who has dark skin and yeah. a child who has fair skin, like I um, – it strikes another chord. But so are yeah. your children darker-skinned or fairer-skinned? So Sebastian has very fair hair, very fair skin, yeah. and he's got bright blue eyes. So he um, takes after his father. Yeah. And Augie, who's my daughter, who's about to turn two, has quite dark skin, uh, and she has the very curly hair. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's challenging because there are going to be – be instances when August grows up mm. that she's going to be treated differently to her mm. brother mm. and I'm going to have to prepare her for that. How are you um, preparing yourself for that? Yeah, uh, just reading, talking to my mum and also actually talking to my mother-in-law. She's been amazing. Um, so your husband's mother, is is she – because your husband is – Fair skinned, yes. but has it in him too. Yeah, so he's actually, he's got more of it in him than me. Right. Yeah, so his mum, Beverly, um, she's a Bajan woman. So she's from Barbados. Oh, like Rihanna? Yes, yes. And so 
he may have not felt prejudice growing up the way you did. No. So we had this conversation yesterday because I mentioned I was coming on the podcast and I said to him, you know, growing up, did you ever notice people looking at you and your mum weird? And he was like, no. And there's actually some funny things that have happened to me that um, I believe have happened to my mother-in-law as well. So interestingly, she has two sons. So my husband and his brother, they are both fair-skinned. Whereas my husband, he kind of looks like his mum, but yep. he's got fair skin. However, you know, he's he's got those features. When I first had Sebastian, he was very, he is very light skinned. And I would often go to the supermarkets with him. And I reckon three or four times I was asked if I was his nanny, oh. you know, and I'd get this. In Canberra. So it's happened in Canberra, yeah. And um, it actually happened a lot more in Perth. Right. But yeah, people are just... I they just don't have think, boundaries. No, that's the thing. <laughs> that <laughs> shocks me. Yeah. I grew up where I grew up and, yeah, I've had those looks given to me before when I, yep. you know. But I never thought in this day and age people would actually come up to me and be like, um, is that your kid? Or <sighs> so are you the nanny? What do you say? Well, I would be quite taken aback. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, that's one way to handle yeah, it. Yeah, you know, if you don't, so you'll cry, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So, two times that it's happened, actually, my husband has been going to get nappies or something, and I've yep. been with Seb. And, you know, they see him approaching, yep. and then they kind of ease off. But in one instance, when I was by myself with Seb, I actually said, Well, no, he's my son. And they then questioned me. I remember just saying, this is not an appropriate conversation, A, to be having in front of my child, but B, I don't know who you are. No. The audacity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have mentioned to me um, that you have endometriosis. Yes. Um, you suffer from PCOS yes. as well. As someone who was told you may never have your own children, to be questioned whether your children are yours. Yep. The deepness of that, like, pains me. Oh, yeah. It pains me too. And, um, you know, just getting pregnant is such a journey. And then having grown up in a town that I grew up in, yeah. you know, you either leave or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't leave, you're pregnant by 19. You've got a husband. He's a farmer. Yeah. And that, that, that's kind of it. And I guess, you know, I had an experience actually from a teacher and um, PCOS, endo, everyone that has it knows, you often bloat. I remember going back to school for my brother's graduation, so he's five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And one of the teachers looked at me and he goes, oh, you're expecting. I, I totally <laughs> thought that, you know, have you got another one? Like, h- how are things going? And I looked at him and said, well, no, actually, I'm bloated, but thanks for saying that to me. And I went home and I actually cried because... Of course you did. You know, I was, oh, how old was I? I was in my mid 20s and that was you know I was going through a breakup I'd been told by numerous specialists that I wasn't going to conceive if you're someone who is now trying to discover how to uh, lead by example for your children yes in a world where you have one light-skinned and one dark-skinned child and you're constantly learning and you're constantly reading and you're talking to mother-in-laws, you're talking to friends, family who've been through it, what would you tell your white friends to do to understand? Wow, good question. I think just listening and reading about 
other people's experiences. Yeah. So I have such a great um, group of friends here in Canberra and I've met them through Mother's Group and things like that. You know, and my friend would be devastated if she knew that she had this impact on me from something that she said. But we were all at dinner not that long ago and she kind of looked at me and my other girlfriend and said, oh, how ridiculous is all this politically correctness around race and and this Black Lives Matter movement? And I looked at her and the other woman looked at me and sometimes people don't connect because yes, I can I can probably pass as Caucasian or Spanish, you know. My yep. mum's a Spanish moldy. But like you say to me, you have your winter coat on. I imagine yes, I in, get quite dark. In, in the summer, summer you would be Yeah. So I looked at her and I just I said, I don't think you can actually comment on that. No. You know, you are a white person. You've never experienced the feeling as someone who is black or a person of colour. And that feeling of just isolation and not having your voice heard or these presumptions that people make about you solely based on your colour. We aren't going to settle for that kind of shit anymore. No. Sorry, I don't know. (laughs) No, you can swear. Go for it. But it's just... Mothers swear. Guess what, kids? Yes. (laughs) Um... But it's, yeah, it's I think it's something that I read as a white person that settled any of that sort of question of political correctness or whatever in my brain because I work in the media, so I'm surrounded by it constantly and I'm super aware of it and I've never considered myself to be racist. I've had friends who have colour, different coloured skin, plenty. Yeah. And you hear that, um, well, I don't see colour. Yeah. <laughs> and someone put it to me or I read somewhere as I was trying to educate myself more and more, well, but we see the colour and we feel the colour when we're given prejudices, yeah. when we're treated poorly at shops, when we're asked if our children are our children. So you have to see the colour. It needs to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. It's what you then do with it and how you support the person of colour. Yes. Oh, God, the shops. I remember being a kid and going into Target and just being watched like a hawk. Just butting in here to let you know that mother's guilt is a weight that you don't carry alone. It weighs on us every single day, and this podcast is all about making sure you don't feel alone. Maybe you can relate to Michelle's pain when it comes to school or daycare drop-offs. She'll explain at the end of the episode, and let me tell you, it is oh so relatable. Always at Coles being asked to have my bags checked, you know. And And your white friend didn't. No. No. Never. And I remember once actually being so annoyed because I was a goody two-shoes. Yeah. It's like the teacher's pet. I mean, I had to be because, you know, yeah, anyway. And... A white friend of mine had stolen a cap from Target and I knew she'd stolen it and I took it back to Target and this guy had assumed I stole it. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm well, I'm not going to tell you who stole it, but this still has the tag on it. Here it is. And I got in a lot of trouble. And it's like, I was trying to do the right thing yeah. and I was a kid. You're then faced with this dilemma. And as a kid, you're, you're already faced with the dilemma of your friends are the most important things in the world yeah. to you and... and they know you better than anyone else. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> but then your face was this dilemma of, of, well, I'm protecting my white friends, but would they protect me? Yeah. 
No. So she didn't. She was standing beside me when I was returning it because I was trying to teach her a lesson in, you know, stealing is bad. I love that. I I love this (laughs) little version of you who's just trying to be the best version of themselves and, you know, justice for all and and it backfires. Yep. And that must be super draining for you and I'm really sorry that you've had to deal with that. Like, I'm really sorry. And... And I think it's awesome that you're bringing your kids up to understand it as well. I think it's going to be super interesting for you as well, having one of each sort of, you know, it's all this beautiful hybrid, but when the physical difference is there, you can't deny it. Yeah. Do you think that if both of your children had ended up being quite light-skinned, do you think that you wouldn't have put in the effort to learn more about what's going to happen with the schooling? Look, probably not. Which is such a shame because they would have missed out on this whole beautiful culture. Exactly. And that's something I don't want them to miss out on. And I am struggling at the moment with my son a bit. We were talking about, um, obviously, Reconciliation Week and um, Aboriginals and Torres Strait Islanders and um, the word Indigenous Mm. or First Nations. And I said to him, you know, um, Nanny is Indigenous, Mm. Mummy is Indigenous, and you're Indigenous, not to Australia, but to New Zealand. And we experience the same issues as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders do. And he looked at me and he said, no, mummy, I'm not Indigenous. Mm. Um, My skin's white. You and Augie are Indigenous and daddy's not Indigenous. And I said to him, oh, honey, you know, that makes me feel sad because that means that you're not recognising an entire side of your family. And so the thing that I'm trying to do, um, it's probably more towards Seb, is I'm trying to cook mouldy food. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to sing um, Mary songs. We're actually learning to heal mouldy at home. So um, that's the, the, the mother tongue of Mary people. He's, I'm getting a bit of reluctantness from yeah. him, which is I'm finding quite challenging. But then on the other hand, he absolutely loves learning Portuguese. So I lived in South America for a little bit yeah. and he always asks me, oh, mummy, ask Siri, what does this mean in Portuguese or this? How do I say that? And it's, I'm trying to move him closer to accepting his culture because as a child, when um, I was growing up in WA, And I'm embarrassed to admit this now, but I was ashamed of my culture. I didn't want people knowing that I was married, you know. Um, But you were fed that. You were fed a reason to be ashamed of that. So I don't think there's any reason to to be embarrassed by that. You were given a reason to be ashamed. Yeah, and it's it's And that's by your peers. Yeah. And so you're just trying to do the same thing for your kids. And I think the thing with, like, Seb, for example, he may end up with a woman and have a child, if that's the route he wants to go down, and the child may end up dark-skinned because genes are freaking wild. Yep. Genetic. You just weird. have no idea what you're going to get, you know. Yep. Sep may marry a white ginger-haired girl, have a child, and end up with a dark-skinned kid. Yep. If he had not known any of his heritage and accepted and, and embraced it, what a shock. Yes. And his school's quite good, so very multicultural school. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – I think he's he's going to get there. He just um, – I just need to expose him to it a bit more. He's five, right? He's five. He. It's um, a funny age anyway. 
Oh, My God. sister's going through it with her five-year-old. He He's just he hated me the other day. Oh no! And then the I'm, next I'm never going to be prepared oh. for that. The next second, like, can I have a cuddle? Oh, I was like, oh, the whiplash. Feeling connected to mums is super important, and that's why every episode we are touching on the mother's guilt we've felt this week. Michelle feels the guilt at drop-off and pick-up from school. With the dropping off and and the picking up and the daily struggle of I should just be at home with them. Yeah. The guilt that weighs you down, is there, is there something in particular? Definitely when my son uh, calls out or makes comparisons between me and other mums. Yeah. So, you know, we live in an area that um, is very privileged. Yep. And I would say most of the mums are stay-at-home mum because they can afford to be. So half of his friends don't have to go to afters. Yeah. He has to go to afters. And then on top of that, you know, both my husband and I, we we work full time. We love our jobs. And there's that trade-off, you know, between family life and work life. We want to succeed in our careers, but we also want to raise our children um, in a way which they feel loved. Um, And sometimes we get there right before six o'clock when afters is closing and it's dark outside. Mm. And Sebastian loves to remind me (laughs) that mum had picked him up 30 minutes ago. And, you know, he's never the last kid. And that's how I overcome the guilt. Isn't that that so bad? Isn't that so terrible? Oh, he's not the last child to be picked up. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really sad because he, the way he expresses himself, it's like, oh, mummy, you don't love me enough. Oh, they're very dramatic. Aren't they? I know, he is so <laughs> dramatic, Sebastian. Very dramatic. I, and the fact that we feel we have to compare. I know. To well, so and so's mum's coming after me, so I'm I'm not the worst mum. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on, you're not a bad mum. You yeah. were a person before you were a mum, and you've chosen to continue that path in your career. And you want to set up a beautiful life for them. Exactly. And yet we we can never just focus on that, can we? We can right. never just focus on that joy and the fact that our daughters and sons will see that women work. Yes. And we have lives and beyond I, it. Actually, I want Sebastian and Augie to see that, yeah. right? Mummy is, is trying to make a difference in the work that she's doing, but also in showing them that I can we can do mothers can do everything yes you know don't put us in a little box where oh you're a terrible person if you're not a stay-at-home mum or you know you are a terrible person if you're a stay-at-home mum you know you can't win either way so you may as well just do what you can thanks for listening to mother time madness you can follow me at with.courts on instagram and find me at withcourts.com.au Canberra mums have amazing stories. If you or someone you know should be on the podcast, please contact me. I can't wait to chat with you. Next week, I'll be chatting to Sarah and Susan, who have started a small business, Lillian Cress, dedicated to the mothers of Canberra. My first experience of becoming a mother was through stillbirth. I lost my first daughter at about 25 weeks, and that was becoming a mum. And when we were looking at all these websites, there was just this absence. Yeah. And I was like, but that's not how my motherhood experience started. And it's not how Sarah's and it's not how a huge number of Australian women start. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to put an option there to recognise that experience of motherhood. And if you like this podcast, I would love for you to rate it and share it.